is Digital Marketer. Welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast, where we help you create marketing that works. And today's episode is with someone that you might be familiar with, especially if you scroll TikTok for any amount of time. I know she popped up on my feed. And today's episode is with Rachel Peterson. She's one of the most fun and popular marketers and experts in the community. And she recently spoke at Traffic and Conversion about how you can leverage and utilize TikTok for any type of business. Mark DeGrasse sat down and interviewed her in the Scooby-Doo van. And we have that interview for you today. But make sure you stick around because we also recorded a lightning round with her that you can hear at the end. But without further ado, Mrs. Rachel Peterson. Hey, DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader, and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. All right. I am Mark DeGrasse. I'm here with Rachel. And you just gave a big talk here at TNC. Do you want to talk about some of those points? I unfortunately missed it, so I'm bummed. (laughs) We totally can. So it was awesome. I knew one thing before I went on stage was that everyone was going to be kind of tired because it's TNC. It's TNC. (laughs) (laughs) And so when I got out there, I ramped up the audience and I was really excited because TikTok is massive. It is absolutely massive. Actually, this past week, TikTok surpassed YouTube in overall watch time. Oh my gosh, I know. (sighs) It's wild. And one of the big things that I've been loving watching is how every other platform is playing catch up. And so when every other platform is getting their, not just their culture, but their development from one platform, that's a really good sign that that's a platform you're going to want to pay attention to. (sighs) That's so funny because I have avoided tiktok <laughs> and now i'm like oh my so i'm one of those catch-up people where i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna have to learn this platform too what would you say to you know the benefits versus other platforms for tiktok specifically there's several benefits so one thing that i always look at when i'm coming up with marketing plans for our business but also for our clients businesses i'm asking myself is this simple Is it easy to pivot? Are we able to test quickly? So that's actually become one of my favorite things about TikTok is that all of those things are true, but also it's leveraged, still has early adopter advantages of untapped potential viral, and it's semi-searchable. So there's a ton of uh, upside with TikTok, but my favorite part is that you can test things, pivot quickly, try something new. So in any given day, I can try 10 different marketing angles and get a great idea for a different marketing piece for another platform. That's fantastic. So do you think it's really good for specific industries or is it good for everybody should just be on there like YouTube? There are certain industries that don't do well on this platform. And I'm, this is, this is tough because any industry could do really well, but if something's really 
boring by nature, you have to work really hard to make it interesting. So one person who's done a great job of this is Hank Green. And obviously he did this on YouTube first. He's the founder of VidCon. And he has this channel where he talks about science for kids. He's kind of like the modern day Bill Nye. And he does a great job of making science really fun and interesting. But he does the same thing on TikTok about very, very boring topics. And I actually find that really fascinating when you can take something that most people zone out about and make it fascinating. So it all depends on the way that you look at the platform, but you can truly make anything work. There are a few restricted industries, like basically anything that would be rated R or X Uh, or isn't legal. You're going to have issues there, but really technically any platform could crush it. Could do well. Or any industry on this platform. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Well, let's talk about content ideas. Uh Because I came from having an agency and I was constantly trying to get my clients. Like, I want authentic content, which is really hard to do. And one of the biggest objections was like, I don't know what to post. So what do you post on TikTok? Ooh, I love this. Uh, I broke down a little framework and we can go a little more nerdy into it right here. So one of the things I love, one of my mentors is Jay Abraham. And several years ago, he shared with me, one of the best things you can do is become preeminent in your space. Establish preeminence and it will open doors for a long time. And I was like, but Jay, I don't want to only be known for TikTok. And he said, it opens the doors and gets you in the room. Then you can talk about whatever you want. So... When I realized that TikTok was a really great vehicle for establishing preeminence, that's when I realized anyone can create awesome TikToks. So here's how I start. Ready? So you pick the topic that you want to establish preeminence in, the thing that you're known for. So that's going to be somewhere between one and five keywords. Like, for example, for me, it might be TikTok. And what would what would you say it's for you? For well, personal brand or digital marketing? How about... Let's do both. Okay. For me... I don't know. I actually on my profile, I was like, what do I say on my profile? And so I'm the president of digital marketers. So there's yep. executive topics. I'm a dad. I'm, I call myself a reluctant farmer because I have <laughs> horses and chickens ah. and two Bernie's mountain dogs and a cat. And I don't actually like animals. So, <laughs> so it's the reluctant farmer. Yeah. Those are probably some good topics. And then okay, space, beautiful. opera nerd. Yes. So many of those things are underneath the umbrella of the personal brand, right? So you could pick any one of those at any given time and say, this is the topic I'm going to hyper-focus on establishing preeminence in, right? Then what you're going to do is come up with 12 subtopics. Okay? So 12 subtopics. Let's say we're doing TikTok. It might be TikTok captions, TikTok hashtags, TikTok frequency, TikTok ideas, TikTok live and we go on and on and on. So you come up with 12 subtopics within that major overarching umbrella of a topic that you want to establish preeminence in. Then you go to answerthepublic.com. It's $97 per month. We've all kind of heard of it, but here's how I love to use it. I search for each of those 12 subtopics. From there, I'm going to pick 30 questions from each subtopic. And essentially what you've just done is create a 365 content plan for establishing preeminence, then anything else you want to create on top of it is gravy. It's fantastic. Oh, it's so easy. It's, yeah. I like super easy. easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's just that getting started, I think for most people where it's like, uh, do I have to do a dance? <laughs> That's a really good question. I do want to answer that. So I like dancing. I'm not good at it, but I really like <laughs> dancing. I like having fun and trying things and just being free. And my personality type is like that. Do you like to dance? Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. Never going to happen. <laughs> I am. 
awkward. Actually, you know what's funny is I came from fitness, so one of the things we did in functional fitness yes. was these joint mobility moves, and so I could actually move yep. pretty well, but I have no rhythm and I hate it. That's okay. It still can be fun sometimes. <laughs> You're like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, oh, I remember a time where I'm like, I'm getting out on the dance floor and now there's no time. Yes. No time I'm not like great at dancing, but I still do it terribly. <laughs> you like it though. Yeah. You enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. That's <laughs> and I'm actually really sometimes awkward. I was actually homeschooled until fifth grade. Oh, and a lot of people don't know that. And then I went to private school. So like I had to learn social skills. My parents did not set me up for success there, but you I didn't really. social. Yeah, now. mostly. Yeah. yeah. But dancing, it still, I think, shows like, oh, yeah, she was homeschooled. Oh, people, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> it's neat to be, you know, vulnerable. Yeah. And people are like, oh, well, she doesn't know how to dance and she's still super popular and everybody loves her. It works. So that, so that helps. It helps, but you don't have to dance. And most of the time, it's not necessarily my, well, no, it's not my dance moves that make my content take off. Most of the time, the content that takes off is me just sitting down with my camera. Well, my iPhone, just sitting down, recording on the camera on my iPhone and just talking about a topic, following a specific structure that I find is very simple. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the authenticity is really what people are looking for. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I actually predicted this, I think with digital marketers, like I think it was the, the 2020 predictions, mm. I want to say. And one of my big predictions was that the market was going to move away from wanting perfection and Photoshop and polish. And not that the market ever asked for that, mm -hmm. but it reacted so well to all of that for so long. And I've started to notice that people are craving authentic and, and they want to see real. the pores on your face and know, like, is this a real person? It's going to, I think it's going to keep increasing the demand for authentic. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you get yourself in that mind space? So I'm, I'm pretty introverted. Mm -hmm. Like I've actually made a concerted effort since I was a teenager to yeah. talk. <laughs> talk to people. So I became a real estate agent when I was 18 because uh -huh. I was terrified of sales. And so that's how I kind of wow. got over it a little bit. It's still there. But how do you go from, okay, I'm kind of a private person. I don't like being out in public. I you know don't like being popular, yeah. but I have to be. Yes. So how do you get people's head around that? Like Ooh. it's not about you. It's about the message. Yeah. There's a few different things that are really helpful. So I'll share some like actionable steps that are super, super helpful. One is that you get to actually control how you show up on social media. So there's a, actually kind of a benefit to that. So if let's say you say something, you're like, that sounds really stupid. You don't have to post it, <laughs> but also sometimes if you post the mistakes or the bloopers or whatever, I used to think, Oh, I hope people will like me in spite of this or despite this. But the truth is, oftentimes people are like, it's the fact that you said this and then you were like, actually, that's not right at all. <laughs> and then restated it. I love that you were real. So it's actually because of those mistakes that people love you. But you do get to have a second take. You can re-record anything. So that is one of the beautiful things about social media. It's actually less nerve wracking than standing on a stage where there are no redos, no deletes, no backup. Let's try that again. Yeah, live. Mm -hmm, yeah. Exactly. So that's one thing that really helps. Another thing that has really helped me is to realize that just like anything else, it only gets easier with practice. You know, the first time you make a cold call, terrifying, right? Mm -hmm. How did you feel the very first time? Do you remember it? Oh yeah. It's terrifying. Terrifying. Actually, for me, it was an incoming call would be terrifying. Yeah. So <laughs> just talking to strangers, that was it. Yes. And so when you made that first call or the incoming calls, you started taking them, you didn't die, right? Yeah. Obviously you're yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I always actually think about that. 
I, I kind of go back to like stoicism and I'm like, okay, it's not the worst thing if I do die, but I also didn't die. So worst case scenario didn't happen. I'm okay. Okay. I can do it again. And then it only gets better. So it's just like anything else. It starts out a little bit scary or a lot of it's scary. Yeah. Just and it. then over time it becomes a habit, just like accepting the calls that come in on your phone. So for, you know, objections, because mm-hmm. again, I'm going back to like working with clients where they don't want to do anything. Yeah. But one of the big terrifying things for them is what if I get a troll? Like what if somebody's mean to me online? And oh my goodness. <laughs> how do you recommend people deal with that kind of, you know, the hate, yes. the haters? I want to reframe one thing that's really big. You asked what if I get a troll? Mm-hmm. If you create on social media for any given amount of time, it's not if, it's when. So it does happen. And the only reason I'm sharing that is because every single person who's ever created content consistently, it happens. It's not something you can avoid at all. And that was really helpful for me to realize this happens to everyone. This happens to people who are saving the world, people who are on the front lines. Like it happens to entrepreneurs. It happens to celebrities. So you start to realize that it's not necessarily personal. There's actually an Eckhart Tolle quote that I love, and it's some people are grievances looking for a cause. Mm. And once you realize that, you can kind of almost twist it and say, trolls are hurt people looking to try to hurt others. And it's not, it's not personal, it's them. So that's one thing that really helps. But then there's also the side of it where it's like, we're human, mm-hmm. and it does hurt sometimes. So once in a while, someone will say something that really gets under my skin and I'll journal about it and sometimes cry a little or eat some ice cream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's being human. That's, yeah, that's how it works. totally. But you survive and you're like, okay, just do I more. can do it again. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So in terms of industries, again, uh-huh. do you find like specific, like top three that's like, you will kill Ooh. it if you just get out there? Yes. Yeah. Number one, anything fitness health related. Oh my gosh. It's a dream. Like it is so poised for that. That's one. Okay. I'm thinking on the fly. Number two, anything with like an aesthetic before and after or a transformation. So hairstyle, interior design, interior decor, all of the above. Those are so cool to see the before and afters. Like, oh, they're just fascinating. Okay. And then number three, I'm going to say information. So any type of information, yes, as long as you can lead with value, it's such a game changer. But especially if you're not in the space of marketing, there's an added advantage because you're not competing with other marketers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I think even marketers have actively avoided TikTok. Like, I think they were hoping it was like, oh, this is a fad. (laughs) It's going to go away soon. So I'm not even going to learn it. Yeah. I'm not talking about me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's, it's so interesting because I was banking on it not being a fad, but I was also making sure that I still showed up on other platforms. But it was a little nerve-wracking when there was, like, the TikTok ban, and I had to stay calm and be like, no, it's not getting banned. Just wait. This is all buzz. Read the book Trust Me, I'm Lying by Ryan Holiday. You'll understand more of this. <laughs> and then when it wasn't banned, I was like, I think this is really here to stay, which was really fascinating. What did you think about Clubhouse? Did you spend time on Clubhouse? No. No? no I was like, I was the, the core, core social media because I'm, again, I'm not super social. So uh-huh. I was content. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm going to give this content to somebody to share on social. Yes, and that was, that's yes. what I did. Yeah. With Clubhouse, that was one where I was like, I have this really interesting gut feeling it's going to disappear. 
So hmm. one week after I went on it, I actually deleted it. Oh, wow. And some people are crushing it, mm -hmm. but a lot of people left the platform and ended up moving towards TikTok and Reels instead, which was fascinating. Let's talk about that, the yeah. Reels versus uh, individual, you know, graphics or video. Do you find that one works a lot better than the others? Yeah. So recently, Instagram actually released a statement that they were going to move away from still images, carousels, photos, graphics, quotes, etc. So they're not shutting those down, but they're really prioritizing video. And part of that is this effort to keep up with TikTok. TikTok is literally setting the pace for Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, kind of every single platform. But those are the big ones that are trying to keep up. So what's fascinating is Instagram is not, not promoting images or photos or graphics, but instead they're only showing the top performing ones. So if your content doesn't take off right away, it's a good sign. It's probably not going to take off at all. And instead try to recreate that message in some videos on IG reels. Oh, that is very helpful. Mm -hmm. that, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a very graphics guy. Yeah. I design everything. <laughs> so Amazing. Like, oh, crap, I, need, I need more video content in terms of marketers specifically yeah. what would be your recommended content that they should create or could do well with Ooh, interestingly enough it's mostly going to be education and evergreen mm. so sometimes people look so heavily at like trends or challenges and while those things are really fun they feel outdated sometimes. It's kind of like, would you rather have a classic suit or a suit that's fitting this year's Met Gala theme or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You want something that's going to last in your wardrobe for a long time, and maybe you can change out your tie to meet the current trends mm -hmm. or whatever. But I like to look at content in terms of what's going to be true a month from now, a year from now, Although social media and marketing do change yeah, a bit, but a bit. generally yeah. speaking, if you create only evergreen educational content, it's going to perform really well and it can go viral multiple times. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of that education, would yeah. it be somebody talking to the camera or would it be demonstrating how they did something online or... So I'm going to give several different examples. I personally am comfortable on video. Doesn't mean I don't have days where I'm like, ah, the last thing I want to <laughs> do is show up on video. But I do show up pretty much every day on video. So it's easy for me to say, talk to the camera. Now, I'm going to nerd out here just for a sec because there's this concept. Have you heard of the parasocial relationship? No. Okay. So parasocial relationships are fascinating. Basically, because we've grown up in an era where we've seen people on TV, we've seen influencers on social media, our brains actually process the face that we're seeing on video the same way that it processes if we were sitting down just like you and I are right now. Really? So the parasocial relationship is when you see someone continually over video, your brain lights up in the same areas as if you had a relationship with that person, which That's is amazing. wild, right? Well, it totally makes sense though yeah. in terms of people getting obsessed with celebrities. Exactly. Exactly. It's natural. And it's not actually that weird of a thing. It's just a part of how our brains work. So parasocial relationships are always helpful to tap into. And there's truly an unfair advantage once people feel like they know you because of that. And 
once you're aware of it, you're like, oh, I'm totally going to do this because it makes things <laughs> so much easier. But if you're a little more private and it's not super comfortable to have your face and voice on video all the time, you can actually do like diagrams. I do uh, flow charts on just like pieces of blank paper with, and I'll draw out diagrams and narrate it and maybe just show my face at the beginning or even not at all. So you totally can get away without having your face on video. I actually have one of my students on TikTok who has over 2 million followers and built a six-figure business without ever once showing her face. Wow. So it is possible. It's just so much easier if you're willing to show your face. Yeah. Well, I I think when I had my clients, I was the same Mm -hmm. way where I'm like, you have to do video. I was all about YouTube. So I said, you just need to do video. Just get your face. Doesn't matter what you talk about that much. <laughs> like you just have to show your face so it yes. personalizes your brand. Oh, it's so true. And there's something so beautiful about seeing someone's face and seeing them without editing, without Photoshop, without the controlled narrative that makes you feel like, okay, I'm actually seeing what they're like in different environments or in different situations or talking about different things. It feels more authentic, I think at least. So do you think there is a place for professionally produced yes. stuff? On yes, they do. Absolutely. If you are, let's say, uh, a photographer, a graphic designer, a clothing designer that's high end, you know what? I'm actually just going to say for the most part, if you are luxury high end premium, there is a space for that really high end content. Let's say, for example, digital marketer were to only work with the 0.001% of Fortune 500s, unnecessary, but (laughs) all of that to say, then you may want to create more professionally produced content. But it's not meant to reach everyone, so mm. it's not likely going to perform as well as you would like. Yeah. Yep. I can see that. Yes. Well, I think it's just that expectation at that level. Like, a photographer, you better have good pictures. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, uh, Absolutely. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I still think that even in that situation, you probably want to see the photographer for real. Yeah. Right? I actually just spoke to a conference of photographers yesterday, huh. which is kind of funny. And I, yeah, I gave them some advice for how to get those behind the scenes shots without ever showing their face. So basically I explained, you can set up a tripod for whatever you're doing. So if you're writing on a whiteboard or you're posing a client for photos, you can set up a tripod, set up your phone and just be taking that vertical specifically, uh, B roll the whole time. And then you can narrate over the top of it exactly what you're doing. But as much as like, yes, the end results are great. We've all heard stories of like, this person wants a nightmare to work with as a photographer I'd rather see how a photographer works than see their end results. Uh, yeah. No, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I had a train of thought. Hector, cut that. <laughs> so in ter- let's just talk about digital marketers. So digital marketer, we're kind of, you know, I, I have a design background, so yes. I'm the new president. So I'm actually going through and looking at all of our stuff. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited. That's Yay. For me, I actually was running an agency, but I always wanted to teach marketing so you know be you (laughs) and so this is like such an awesome fit and opportunity and meeting people like you too but what would you recommend in terms of if you had a you know dream reel for what tiktok or digital marketer on tiktok would look like oh my goodness so i would follow the strategy that i had shared earlier about the one main topic only this is gonna be intense this is my dream okay in a dream perfect world we would create 10 different main topics. So all day, every day, it's a variety show of different pieces of content. I'm snapping in case you can't tell in the podcast. (laughs) All day, every day, you guys are pumping out a bunch of short form video that's serving value or serving tons of value uh, so that people can come to you 
from one hook, which might be Instagram, and then they're going to stay because you talked about the tripwire or whatever. Like, there's so, you guys have so much you could talk about all the time. You could be pumping out 10, 20 pieces of content every single day on TikTok and Reels and Shorts because one can domino to the others and just crush it. So, oh, it would be so gorgeous. Like, well, I think we might do yes. that. <laughs> I, I think you, you you should. It'd be so cool. Easy to tell others what to do, though, right? That's true. <laughs> well, I, well, I was the same way because I, yes. I was all about kind of long form content, so articles and yes. you know ten minute videos and all that kind of stuff. And trying to get other people to do it was just Ugh. impossible. Yeah. But I was all about trying to get the authentic content because you know, say you're a doctor. And you hire a marketing company, and then the marketing company is not a doctor, wow. <laughs> and they're talking about health issues. Really, that content should be coming from the doctor, but they don't want to make content. Yes. So it's like this, you know, paradigm of yeah. trying to get people to be real, but yep. then post it. It's so <laughs> challenging. Sometimes in our agency, if I'm uncertain about a prospective client, I will say, you know, I'm going to be honest. I just want to make sure I have your buy-in before we go for this. So I'm going to send over 10 test TikToks. You don't have to post them. You don't have to do anything with them. But can you just email me once they're done? And so far, we have 0% return. So no one finishes the 10 TikToks that we research and support them with producing. It's just wild, though. I'm like, I have to have your buy-in because I can't care more about your company than... You do, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes so I'm much sure sense. every agency owner is like, yes, great, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because people hire a marketing agency. They're yes. like, okay, do this, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's, it's very difficult because you're like, I need you to care more than me yes. about your company. Absolutely. And I think that's why, even though sometimes it's tempting to be like, I wish I could bring in an agency to market me because I do this for everybody else. Mm-hmm. It would be nice once in a while. The truth is... No one else can care more than me. They shouldn't care more than me. Or something's broken and I should probably step away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I ha- actually have a, I had a client before called Vintage Soul. And they have this little boutique in Dripping Springs, Texas. And uh, Julie just kills it on Instagram. And it's she is the face of the brand. And she knows everything about the product. She's the wow. buyer for the products. And she just does so well. And it's like, I wish I could get... 300 of my clients to do this and I got one, one is killing yes. it. So for those people, the small business owners, yeah. how do you, how would you say you could convince or what's the line you could use to say, Hey, this is necessary and yeah. you will love this once you get going. Okay. So I like to always think about cost versus, I don't actually don't even know what the right word would be like the, or, or consequence. Ah. So the cost might be spending an hour or two each week recording videos or that that's actually like the high end, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe spending 30 minutes a week recording videos. That's the cost of doing it right on the front end. The consequence of not doing it right on the front end is how many hours are you spending thinking about how there's not enough revenue? There aren't enough leads. Where are we going to find clients? And all it takes is like one month of cost versus consequence analysis. And you'll be like, Oh my gosh, I'm spending 10, 20 hours a month, staying up late, stressing about how we're going to grow this business. Okay. At some point, what if I just took on the cost of just doing the right thing from the get go? Hmm. Mm-hmm. So another personal question for me, if I started a TikTok today, yes. what would be my first post? Ooh. So here is a wild thing. I would head out of the gate with value. I would start with listicles. 
So you could do five things you're doing wrong in your marketing. You could do seven things that every business can do today to increase sales. You, I would literally start with value because for the first couple of videos, TikTok does this thing. I don't know if it's unethical or not. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but when you create your first couple of TikToks, they want to get you hooked. So they're going to push it out to more people. So your first couple have this added advantage. I didn't utilize it at all. So the truth is I would do really high quality videos from the get go, not high quality production, high quality value. That's so awesome. Yeah. Because usually, you know, again, I'm going back to trying to just get people to do anything. I'm like, right. And usually the initial line, and I I usually go back to blogs because I'm like, you just Mm -hmm. put up a blog and my line would usually be, Hey, nobody's going to read it. (laughs) So it's just practice at this point. So just do it so you get in the habit. Yeah. But that is the exact opposite. Yeah. And I want to be honest with you, like worst case, well, best case scenario in your case, nobody sees the first five videos. Totally fine. But the truth is there's a good chance that one of them can take off and go viral. So don't be like testing one, two, how to use TikTok because it might actually go viral, which is kind of wild. And then if you want to take it one step further, if you record your first five and then send out an email to the digital marketer audience that says, you know, Hey, Mark here, I've been testing out TikTok and I put together five value packed videos and here they are and link to all five of them. They're going to get value and be more likely to follow you on TikTok from the get go. So you have your friendly audience there first. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you run your content in series? Like, do you say like, Oh, here's the five types. And then I do one on each day. Really good question. So series on TikTok work a little differently. You almost want to break them up. So you may run at any given time, several different series and just alternate between the series because you want people to, to look at one video or find you through one video and then go through your content and then actually enjoy the other content. So they can be similar or related. I haven't been great at series and it was actually something I was thinking about this past month. I was like, I am totally missing an opportunity (laughs) here, which is fine. But I'm currently brainstorming 10 different series that I can alternate amongst and then add in my fun personality packed ones on top of that. But yeah, you'd alternate them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't have it be like a string of 20. It's all the same. Yep. You want people to have to dig just a little bit. And then down the road, if you want, you can put your series into playlists. That's awesome. Yeah. So in terms of, I always tell people, I'm like, you, you know, series are really good if you want subscribers because then people want more of the same content. Versus, because yeah. I had some clients where one of the videos we posted actually got, I think, 2 million views. It was just like so this cool. unknown video and it went out 2 million views. But I said, yeah. I use it as an example because his actual YouTube channel only had 60 subscribers. But he had these videos with millions of hits, but there was no series. It was just, here's a piece of content everyone yeah. wanted. You know, I think a lot of times we almost make our jobs harder as marketers and as business owners. I've never done series. And this is something I have friends, my friends, Rachel, Rachel Miller and Molly Mahoney, they were making fun of me because they said, Rachel, you never take something that did well and create more of it. You're making your job so much harder. And they were making fun of me for it. And I was like, dang, you guys are totally right. I never take something that did well and do more of it. Not at least the way that you could with series. Yeah, you're saving it up. Yeah, down the road, we will um, break down all those series. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, that's awesome. So so what would be a good metric for, okay, you're doing good if you get this many subscribers within, you know, 30, 60, 90 days? I wouldn't do it that way. I would do based on 
consistency of videos. Mm. It's the best metric that you can follow because one of the wild things is you don't know who's watching your videos even when you have no views or very little views, very little followers. So I always imagine there are a lot of celebrities and big brands that hang out on this platform and literally just binge content at night on their For You page. 75% of time spent on this platform is spent on the For You page, which means that it's from people who don't necessarily follow you, which is kind of wild. So I think like, what if one of those people is Lizzo? Or what if one of those people is the head of Johnson and Johnson? You just don't know who a person in your audience could be. And once in a while you'll find out and you'll be like, what? For example, if you, <laughs> yeah, a few celebrities have followed me and I'm like, so Oh my cool. gosh. <laughs> but I would say if anything, just give yourself a consistent pace that you can follow and start there and then ramp up after that. So I would go more based on like for the next 30 days, I'm going to publish one video per day. That's 15 to 60 seconds. That's awesome. Let's say TikTok itself. If you could change one thing or add one thing to the platform, what would it be? There's a couple that come to mind. One is that they're not doing a great job of honoring mental health by allowing people to block similar accounts. So, for example, this is a this is a problem with the platform that is Next time I talk to TikTok, I'm going to be bringing this up. <laughs> and Instagram and Facebook did this, and it makes so much sense. Basically, if you block someone, you want to be able to block all of their future and other profiles. Hmm. And TikTok doesn't have that functionality. So some people have 15 profiles in order to... Bully people. Yeah, to bully yeah. other people. And that can get really hard, especially when you realize it's just one person with 15 profiles. It actually can make you feel better about it. But overall, they need to have more functionality in place to protect some of the creators there. The other big thing that I would change, actually, I'm going to say that's it for now. Really? Yeah. They've been adding a lot of features this last month. I, if you had asked me a month ago, I would have added a few things for face or sorry for TikTok ads and they added them and I was really impressed. Was it because you said something? Probably not, but <laughs> I'd like to think so. Wouldn't Rachel that be cool? Said, I said it, it and they said, as you wish, you know, like, <laughs> that was the dream. Yeah. No, I don't think it was because I said anything. Uh, did you fix Facebook too? <laughs> yes. I <laughs> called them up so and I was much. like, Marky. Oh, this platform is terrible. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Any other tips? Like, uh, you know, you think you could give somebody, if you just say one thing to somebody who's getting started, one thing to remember when you get started. Okay. So keep your videos tight. So that can be really challenging when you're used to videos that aren't right to the point. Oh yeah. Facebook yeah. encourages us <laughs> at least three minutes. You know? Yes. So when I work with clients, sometimes I'll send over a script and they'll add a ton of extra stuff. So they'll say like, Hey, this is so-and-so from this and this company located in X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, J nope, just to the point. Nobody cares who you are yet until you care about them and they see it. So keep it as short and to the point as you can until you earn that, that trust and desire to watch. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, actually, <laughs> let's just talk about what you do yeah. for a second. How can you help companies oh. improve their TikTok? Really good question. So there's two different ways I serve my audience. We have two companies, all branded underneath Rachel Peterson, the personal brand. One is an agency where we only work with eight to 10 figure companies. Some of our clients include ClickFunnels, Roland Frazier, also Dean Graciosi. So we work with some really fun brands there. 
The other side of our business is where we teach people, or rather the other business is where we teach people how to do exactly what we do. And we help people totally for free, whether it's on YouTube, podcast, blog, etc. We have so many free resources and then all the way up to programs and mentorships. That's fantastic. Thanks. Well, I might be hired. <laughs> Let's talk after this. <laughs> All right. I'm getting started today. Yes. Oh, awesome. Except if I can make a good video. I'll record we'll the first one with you. There you go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> for real? That would be fantastic. You want to do it? Okay. Beautiful. So we'll be doing that. Beautiful. Well, thank you for coming on. I oh think my this gosh. is fantastic. And yeah, I mean, you're, you're great at what you do. Thanks for having me. This bus is really cool. In case you're listening and you're like, what is she talking about? We're recording in a repurposed bus? Yes. A VW Van. bus. It's, yeah. it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's trouble fitting the cameras. Yes. So you might see some weird angles. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Really Thanks appreciate for it. having me. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. All right, guys, we are back and we're switching up voices here. This is Hector, Sophia Stubb. I'm the podcast producer here and... Mark is enjoying his water outside the Scooby-Doo van. But we are still here with Rachel, Miss Rachel Peterson, talking about, well, some of her favorite stuff. So let's get right into it. Question number one, what is your favorite marketing book or resource? My favorite marketing book would have to be a book that's not even about marketing, which is kind of wild. And it is The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Yeah which is not to be confused with The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. So I love that book because there are so many principles in that book that support you in marketing, business, mindset. As long as you can see the parallels between ancient war techniques and the war on your mind, the war on your business, the war on tenacity, like, oh, that book is so great. My dad gave it to me for Christmas and I'm obsessed. How, how old were you when you started when you first got introduced to that book? I read that book, I want to say six years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So rather, so, rather recently. Yeah, rather recently. Yeah, yeah. I didn't read it like as a kid or anything, but I love it. And yeah. I actually had the one with like the double pages where it's like the it's ancient. Like gold and, it's, yeah, and it's yeah. like ancient <laughs> binding and stuff. It's so cool. I yes. love it. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many responses we get that are not marketing books. Yes. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Question number two. What is the best piece of marketing advice you've ever received? Best piece of marketing uh, advice that I've ever received is to just keep being consistent. When you have a bad day, just 
keep being consistent. Keep putting out just a little bit of content. Almost think of it as like a bucket of water that you have to get to overflow or get it close to empty. You could put like a bunch of stones in, but you'd be burnt out halfway through because they're heavy. Or you can just drop one stone in that bucket of water each and every day. And before you know it, the bucket will be full of stones. The water will be out. So I always kind of think of that visual. It's just another stone in the bucket of water. Another stone in the bucket of water. Yep. What app do you find yourself using the most? The app that I use the most, I could say TikTok. And I would not be lying. But I also have a close second. I love Duolingo. Love Duolingo. I'm learning French right now. Yeah. And I need to, yeah, I need to refresh myself on Spanish business terms. I love it. Yeah. And what about TikTok do you like though? Or why, why do you find yourself on TikTok? My favorite part of TikTok is that you get new content that's like a variety show all day, every day. So anytime you open the 40 page, you don't know what you're going to find. So sometimes you're laughing. Sometimes you'll literally be crying watching a video. You'll learn something new. You'll find a new person. I love the variety element mm. to, or aspect rather, to yeah. TikTok. Yeah, they've really, yeah. I think they've done a great job with their discovery algorithm. So much better yes. than, you know, my Instagram reels are just so, I don't, ha- I don't have yeah. that experience. I don't know if you've, if you've uh-huh. noticed that, but that Absolutely. same kind of experience doesn't happen with reels. I find myself having to say not interested quite a bit oh. to, to my reels because That's they, rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say one more thing too. Every person has a different experience on their own for you page on TikTok. And whenever I see someone else's for you page, it feels so weird. So weird right? Yeah. Like they'll be on, they'll, they'll say like, I'm on puppy and bunny. TikTok, which I'm not. I was on Mom Talk for a while. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that's where I, you popped up quite a bit, actually. Oh, and you, okay. Somehow I got into the Mom Talk, you know, <laughs> algorithm. I don't know what I don't know what it was. Oh, but you're right. They they do everything yes. is unique and different. Yes. And and it was probably because I was watching a lot of mom videos, trying to figure out how to corral my crazies yes. at home. So <laughs> yeah, I love it. Rachel, what brand is doing the best job with their digital marketing right now? The brand. And feel free to be, you know, I know you work with a lot of brands, so feel yeah. free to plug your own. Oh, Or you plug know, ones that you're working with they're doing. I'm so not going to plug any that I'm working with because we're still working on deploying strategies in two to three years. Just watch and see. But I'm going to have to say that they're, I'm going to highlight a few celebrities because they're really easy to take a look at. Jess Chastain. She's an actress. She's actually my favorite actress. She is rushing it on social media. And one of the ways that she's doing it so well is that it's almost like either she has one of the best social media managers in the world or she is on a side of TikTok where she's consuming relatable content and then creating it. And everyone's like, she's just like us. She's like getting it's it. insane. Yeah. Yeah. So I love her relatable marketing. And I'm going to share one now before people get angry. This is an outrage marketer. And so I'm going to share a resource. It's called Trust Me, I'm Lying, Confessions of a Master Media Manipulator by Ryan Holiday. Mm-hmm. And that book is fantastic because it explains everything that this person is doing. And that person is Lil Nas X. He is a master media manipulator. And I even got sucked into some of his marketing. And I was like, I'm so mad. And then I was like, ah, I got got. He's a master troll. He really he, is. Right. He's the he knows troll. exactly what he's doing. It's so, it's fascinating I love to him, see though. though. It's a, yes. Yeah, no, I love it. It's him, a case study doing, in right. marketing every day. And I love that he's been able to uh, kind of separate himself from, like, he doesn't take, nothing's taken personal, it seems like, or he's at least able to have that distance where he's able to leverage and, and utilize some of the, like, outrage that you yes. talk about for his benefit. 
Yes. Because you kind of have to go into the fire or deal with some, you know, deal with some fire or some, some, you know, something when you do things like that. All right. Last, last one. Where do you find your inspiration for your business, your products, your ideas? I find inspiration everywhere I go. And that sounds really funny. I'm very highly ADHD. And so I can literally be anywhere and see a sign and think, ooh, that reminds me of this one song, which reminds me of a TikTok. So I I do see inspiration everywhere I go. But I also would encourage every person to do this process. And that is to start intentionally looking with the lens of inspiration. So for example, even as I look around right here, I'm like, this is one of the neatest things I've ever seen. I could use a soundproof She's talking about a a Scooby-Doo van. Yes, the Scooby-Doo van. A Volkswagen van that's been outfitted with mics (laughs) and lights and cameras. Yeah, I literally think about this and I'm like, I wonder if I could get like an old van and totally refinish it myself and turn it into a piece for a show that we have in our basement. Like, oh, I I find it everywhere. I think there's so many, there's so much inspiration all around us all the time if you just start intentionally looking for it. Oh, and then there's a book called The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp. And I love that book for getting inspiration and working through creative blocks. I think if I've, if I've either read it or I've sparked it or heard someone talk about it, but it's essentially that like, not that you force yourself to be, to be creative, but yeah. you, you find creativity by consistency. Yes, absolutely. Right? Right. Consistency's come up quite a few times today for good reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rachel, this has been fantastic, and we know you are are all over the place, literally at the event and in the world and doing tons of things, and you've got a family, and so the time, uh, we're just so honored and grateful. Where can people stay connected, or where's the best place? Yeah. I know you're a lot of places, but where should they go to, to get more of you? Two easy places to find me. Either my website, it's rachelpeterson.com, all E's and a D in my last name, or I'm at the Mrs. Peterson on any social media platform. I love it. I love it. Wonderful. Rachel, thank you so much. And to our listeners out there, we can't thank you enough for hanging out with us on another episode of the Digital Marketer Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.